0: I'm Nicole Antoinette, and this is Real Talk Radio, a podcast filled with honest conversations about everything. Today, you'll get to meet Jupiter.
1: Especially with something like van life or really any big break from traditional norms, I think that when people go to the to do those things, when they consider those thoughts, I think it's very quick. You very quickly either turn like on it, you're, you're either into it or you're not. And I, I, I don't think that's a debate that lasts long and one's mine. And so I think that if you've held on to it and you want to do it, just do it. It seems terrifying. But what's that phrase? You know, like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like just eat the elephant. Just do it.
0: Jupiter is a wandering non-binary 20-something currently traveling the U.S. in their self-renovated 1979 Class C RV named Hottie. This is such a wonderfully honest conversation about mobile living. Jupiter shares why they quit their corporate job to buy an old RV, what it means to them to redefine the American dream, what living on the road has been like, both good and bad, and more. Huge thanks to the folks whose support made this conversation with Jupiter possible, the 400 plus people in our sliding scale Patreon community. Y'all are the best. It's your monthly funding that allows me to get a full transcript made for each episode, cover all admin and hosting costs, and pay every single guest, our sound engineer, Adam Day, and myself as the host, researcher, and producer of this show. That's pretty cool, I think. Our Patreon community, which I have nicknamed Adventures in Honesty, it's not just a funding source for this podcast, though. It's so much more than that. I host a live end-of-month reflection and journaling circle for the whole community. You get a bonus monthly podcast episode called Real Talk Reflections, where my friend Julia Hanlon and I share very deeply and honestly about our own real lives in real time. And you get my monthly business and money report. That's where I break down all the the behind-the-scenes info and do an in-depth monthly Q&A about the financial, administrative, and decision-making side of my small business and lots of other things too. If you love this show, I bet you'd feel really welcome and have lots of fun in our community. And as I said, we do operate on a sliding scale, and you can find us at patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette. That's patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette. I will see you there. Okay, friends, let's get into today's episode right now. All right, we are good to go. Jupiter, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited.
0: I'm excited it This has been a too. long time coming. <laughs> I know. I know. We did a bunch of rescheduling. But what that means to me is that this is just like the perfect time for us to have this conversation. So The planets have finally aligned just so. They, they have aligned. My first question for you, tell me about your joy. What's bringing you joy in your real life right now?
1: Oh, man. Um, right now, the thing bringing me joy in my life is... Yeah, I'm still... So (laughs) we kind of talked on it before the episode. Hottie is currently out of commission. And um, right now I am riding the waves of this past month that I had. I finally got to take her out. Um, We had a rough summer trying to get on the road and adventure. Uh, But I mean, like, it's not rough in the... (laughs) it was what would have been expected what should have been expected when one you know purchased a very old rv and took it on the road <laughs> so it, we hit some hiccups and worked out some kinks and this time you know i got to have a pretty amazing trip i got to take my dogs to mexico i got to go you know to these like secluded beaches and let them chase waves and we were we saw some of the most amazing sunsets um hike through the desert in the middle of the night looking at stars like Those are things that are I'm holding on to so tightly right now because I like we're getting back on the road soon. I just don't know how soon. And right now that's what we got. So
0: Yeah. The stars and the night sky in the desert is one of my
1: favorite things. Oh, it's amazing. I like. I walked outside and just like I, I <laughs> we walked and we were hiking. And you know the dogs have these little light up collars, so they were romping and I could keep an eye on them. But I didn't have to have a, like a headlamp on or anything. And I just stopped walking and looked up and I swear to you, I I don't know what happened, but I cried for like twenty minutes. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was so amazing. It's just like there's so many of them and you feel so tiny. It's wild. Yeah,
0: I- I love that feeling. The like, I am tiny and insignificant, but in a good way. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like,
1: everything's going to be fine. There's this whole giant universe outside of me that exists. And like, everything I'm dealing with, it'll be all right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, as you said, Hottie is currently out of commission. That might not be the case and hopefully won't be the case by the time this episode airs. But since we are having (laughs) real conversation in real time, do you want to give a little rundown of what's going on?
1: Yeah. um, So this week I was coming back... From Mexico. I was actually on my way to the desert. I was I had some filming to do um, in Hottie. So I was going to go do that and handle some emails, record this podcast. I, I was hoping to be coming to you live from Joshua Tree, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, Hottie threw, an, uh, threw a rod in her engine on the highway in California. And so, yeah, <laughs> I ended up spending my week uh, last week in on the side of the road in this random small mountain town in Cali. And then just yesterday I got back to Texas. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so it's a whole thing. We're not really sure, um, how long it's going to take to get her back. Hopefully it's not too long. Um, the engine, a new engine, she needs an entirely new engine. There's not really like a, an alternative, um, they're kind of pricey. I don't know if you've, if you've yeah, ever I, purchased one, Nicole. I
0: was I was just going to say, for someone who, like, I live part-time, um, like, I live full-time in my van for part of the year. It's right? so, of yeah. like, part-time van stuff. A part-time full-timer. A part-time full-timer. I know nothing about that side of things. Please tell me, how much does it cost to get a new engine in an RV?
1: Well, I'm lucky. Hottie's old, and she's a Ford, so it's not too, too bad. It could be worse. Um it's but it's like $7,000 like overall I mean, was the estimate. That's significant. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I I, I bear in mind I paid $2,000 for this vehicle to begin with. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like for perspective, it's it's more expensive than than I paid for the home.
0: Oh um, my gosh.
1: We we're working on some cheaper options, but you know, for where she is and where we were, that was the best that we were offered and I was like uh <laughs> I don't I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and that that's a hard, obviously, I'm just wildly projecting based on how I would feel in that situation. Yeah. Is it worth putting, you know, almost what, like more than three times the amount that I paid for this into it, but I put so much work into it. Like that's, exactly. that's an interesting crossroads of deciding, you know, no, what is worth it. it really is. is.
1: It. Especially since, I mean, like I said, last summer wasn't too easy either. I put a new carburetor in her and that was another, that was a $2,000 thing. And again, like I said, these things are To be expected, it's reasonable, I guess. The engine kind of threw me. Hottie had 42,000 miles on her originally when I bought her. And their original miles, you know, I got her checked out. Everything was fine. So that one was kind of a surprise. But I mean, new cars have surprises, I guess. So that's fine. Um, But yeah, we are at the point where I was like, there was definitely a minute during that week that I was on the side of the road where I was like, is it worth it to fix that? Or should I just, you know, tow her and set her up? And like rent her out or something. <laughs> I don't know. What do I do with this kid after this month? But I think she's still got some life in her. So it, it might be worth it. If we can find a cheaper way to do it, it's definitely, definitely a thing that I'm gonna try to keep intact.
0: Yeah, I'm well, I will remain hopeful on that for you. This is like bringing up for me. And maybe this is uh, something we can talk about something I'd be interested in your perspective on. Because in a lot of ways, I am someone who has made, I guess, non traditional life choices, right? The kind of self employment, the style of my business, the part-time van life, just there's like a bunch of different things where I'm definitely not choosing, I think what would be considered the like white picket fence norm. I often feel like when stumbling blocks happen or when I come across obstacles, I'm not very nice to myself. And also I'm like, (gasps) well, you chose this path. So like, this is what
1: you get. Nicole, you see me right now when I tell you I called my friends and I had a whole breakdown. I was like, I understand why people don't do this. I this is my fault. I did this. You know, I could have kept my job. I had a corporate job. I had benefits. I had health insurance and I walked away from it to live in this van. And now look at me. This is what I get, you know, and I kind of like spiraled and sat in that for like so many days. And that's the worst part. I would say that was the hardest part about being out solo. Um, was that nobody was there to kind of, you know, not even that it's anyone's responsibility, but I think when you're with someone else, you kind of have a second voice and you all can, you both, you know, similar. I think I people do this thing where they shift blame and then you both come to a point where you're like, it's nobody's fault. And then, you know, you work through that and you have someone to at least comfort you. At the lowest parts, if nothing else, and I—that's that, a hard part about doing it by yourself. That was non-existent. I was on Facetime a lot that yeah. week. Yeah,
0: but it, it's also just this really interesting myth that I have had to think about for myself: of what do I think if there, if I would have made all of the quote right choices, whatever like society says that those are, that means I would never have pain, or there would never be obstacles, or I would never need help. Like that's not true. So it's like am I just using? my life choices as like, am I like weaponizing my life choices against myself to make myself feel bad? like there's something in that that feels like really gross to me when I do that to myself
1: no definitely I always get so frustrated with myself because I you know as a self-proclaimed staunch anti-capitalist I hate that I hate that I feel like it's my fault because I wanted to do something that at the end of the day I knew made me happier than what I was doing right because yes I had health insurance but I was miserable I couldn't go outside I hadn't been to the beach I hadn't been to any water in ages. I love water. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I wasn't able to spend the time I wanted with my dogs. I was stressed about the quality of life my dogs had. I was stressed about the quality of life I had. And even though I had the money, it just, the time wasn't there and it didn't translate in a way that mattered to me. And now whenever I, I, I too feel super icky, it feels like this like gross holdover from that conditioning that you know you're supposed to go to college get a job get married have kids buy a house whatever maybe not in that order I don't remember the right order because I don't care anymore about that stuff but But you know what I'm saying I yeah I I hate it it's so ugly and I'm really trying to unlearn it but at the time it's also finding that balance between how do I let myself feel and how do I not beat myself up for just trying to be happy it's so hard.
0: It, it is hard. I, I thought about this a lot. So I was um, living in a van all of last summer, obviously, like during the pandemic and yeah. something that I thought about a lot because for me and obviously our vehicle sizes and livability are quite different. My van has like 20 square feet of living space. So it's like itty bitty. And I made that choice you know for a couple of reasons and one of the sacrifices is okay i'm going to need to do a lot of my living in more public spaces coffee shops you know libraries potentially a co-working space laundromat there's just like a lot that i rely on that all of it was closed during the pandemic and showering at the gym like none of those things were options for me and it put me in a position of having to ask for a lot of help and having to deal with this shame that came up for me around wow i'm you know 35 years old and i'm showering once a week at a friend's house because like that's all that i have access to like it was a real spiral and like having to get back to like no there's no like one path that guarantees that you're never going to have hardships and like leaning into the interdependence is Mm -hmm. if i let myself do it without shame is actually feels like really lovely
1: yeah i'm working on that right now i will say i was i'm an only child (laughs) and my mom um you know, I was briefly married, but for the most part, was a single parent. And so I've always been pretty self-sufficient and independent. And now it's kind of strange that through the van life, or I, I wouldn't call it strange. It's honestly one of the most beautiful things that I've been blessed to come away with from this community or like not even come away with, but be a part of, is that like there are so many people who care and like genuinely love and want to support and help each other help everyone else that it, it feels so foreign to lean into it right now. I'm staying with a couple of van lifing friends or they're not van lifers right now. They're, they're, they're a bit more stationary for the time being, but you know, even accepting that it felt so strange. I, I was like, I'm almost, I'm almost 30. I just turned 27. Like I should have my life together. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't need to stay at a friend's house because I don't, because my house is on the other side of the country with no real way of getting no clear path on how it's getting back to me anytime soon. And I just, I, it's so hard, but like, how have you come to overcome it? Have you gotten to a place like what makes it easier to lean in for you? Cause I'm working on that. and It is so hard. I
0: will be surprised if I ever overcome it. I don't know yeah. for me that that's the goal. I certainly wish that that could happen. Like, don't get me wrong. If if someone, if someone wants to email us with the secret, we'll take please, it. Right? Please, anybody? <laughs> right. um, no, I mean, I felt pretty awful about it most of last summer and really kind of went the full spectrum of, you know... If I hadn't gotten divorced, if I would have made this career choice instead, if like there were a lot of ifs. And to your point from before, those things weren't my path. And so, okay, I probably just would have been unhappy in a different way or there would have been different obstacles. And I don't know. I think for me, leaning into it was letting it be okay that I felt complicated feelings around it. Like, can I just accept the fact that this feels... I don't know how it feels, right? That it does make me feel some shame. And it also at the same time makes me feel profound gratitude and a lot more bonded to those people who showed up for me. And that both like, I I feel like a lot of my work as a person in the world is around living in this like both and where like two seemingly contradictory things can be true. Like that I can have to deal with the shame and like shout out to therapy for that. But also can be really grateful. And it made me think a lot about what are the kind of, communities that I want to be a part of as someone who's choosing not to have kids and like, what does family and community look like if you're choosing a different structure? So it, I mean, it left me with a lot more questions, but I, I don't know if I try to stay curious, it's easier. And also sometimes it's just awful. So I I have have no magic (laughs) answer for you.
1: No, I love that though. That's definitely an angle that I am going to try to integrate more. I think it's important. And I, if it's so weird, I don't know if you find this to be true about yourself, but I think that I am so much more willing. To extend grace and like understanding and like space for the complexities of life and everything when it's other people's things. But when it comes to me and my internal like managing's, I know there's no way. It, oh, either yeah. is, it either is or it isn't, and you need to figure it out.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's and like, it's so, real It's I'm real so cute so for other people. Myself. Yes, I love that for everyone else. Yeah, I love it for everyone else, but I should be better. And I, even, <laughs> like, that's that's an invitation for me to be like, girl, what are you doing? Or like, not, like, homie,
1: what is happening right now? Why yeah. do you think that? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I need to turn that lens inward because that is me too. No, that's my, that is exactly my thought process. So. I mean, and
0: I think about this a lot in... I know you don't know a lot about like my business, my business model, but I don't really know anyone that has a business like mine. And sometimes it feels like pushing the boulder up the sand mountain, like continuously. Mm -hmm. But other and when it gets hard or when it feels hard, I remind myself that, I don't know, like living in alignment with what I actually want and with any kind of values that are even at all counter mainstream cultural, like, of course, it's going to feel hard sometimes because the entire system is set up for me to behave differently than that. And so- I don't know, maybe it's okay that it's hard. Like we're not supposed to be like so interdependent and like community and all of that because then we can't be the like individualistic like capitalist machine cogs. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, no. I, right?
0: Like like who wins when we don't ask for help from each other? <laughs>
1: truly, and I'm wondering if that's not part of, I mean, like you said earlier, the the other ways of living and doing things that we could have gone with just weren't, probably our paths. And I wonder now if that's not an integral part of the unlearning of capitalism that you and I and, you know, other people who choose this life or find themselves in situations where they have to, I think anyone, I guess, who has to lean into community more than capitalism says is comfortable or is okay. If that's not part of, you know, the greater collective consciousness expanding to these, to accepting these more communal ways of thought. Because I think it's really hard to do anything by yourself. And I think it's such a lie. It's such bullshit that capitalism tells us we have to be able to. And that we have to be able to sustain everything, all the things by ourselves. It's just like, not, it's not possible. How?
0: Yeah. For me, a lot of times has been looking at... Um... The ways in which I'm really sensitive to not wanting to be a burden on other people, and like where yes. that story even comes from, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: who yeah. told me I was a burden, and why do I believe it? Right, like, exactly. Why is that the first thing that comes to my mind when I need, to, like, when I'm ass out on the side of the road?
0: Yeah, in California.
1: Yeah. Like, what? Why? Yeah.
0: Um, so you painted a picture a little bit of what your life was like, you know, in the year or two leading up to deciding to make this big change, right? Working in the corporate job, you know, having yeah. that. Um, what was, and maybe there wasn't a particular day, but a, a story or a time that you can tell me about when you were like, you know, I think I'm going to do something different.
1: I was paying rent. Yeah, I was paying rent. And I was, you know, fighting with my office because <sighs> I don't even know. I Just one of those things that I had probably, with my ADHD brain, forgotten to do it to set up the auto pay or something. Or I was, I oh, I lose my debit card a lot. That's what it was. I lose, I lose my debit card a lot. And I was redoing the bank information. And they had charged me for my rent and were upset because it didn't go through on the other card. And they were like, gonna charge me extra money just to put in my new card number and I remember thinking this is so stupid first of all this is a lot of money that I'm giving you all for this apartment that when I'm done living in it I get to take nothing of it I don't not even that I want to own it you know it just you paying to exist is a strange concept and if you live a lifestyle that you know takes you outside of your home at any point (laughs) I, I mean with the way that the typical work week is structured you are basically feels like sometimes paying for a giant storage unit that you can make food in. Um, and that sucked. And <laughs> That was really, it just, and so it was all these thoughts that were like building up. And then I was like, you know, I feel uncomfortable at my job. Like, I feel like I can't actually be, you know, my fullest self while maintaining that job because that job meant so much. That job was literally my ticket to like stability. And so it felt, you know, oppressive in that way like I was stuck there um and I had to do all these things I had to uphold this code of conduct even when I wasn't at work and not that I wanted to do anything raggedy but just I felt like I couldn't do the things I wanted to do I couldn't talk about the things I wanted to talk about I couldn't write about the things I wanted to write about I just it was hard for me to make that work and so yeah paying rent all of these thoughts happened in about a 20 minute span I was messing with my phone probably on hold with the apartment complex and I was like yeah I'm gonna do something else my lease was up I think it was one of the last months of my lease too which is why I was so infuriating because I was already ready to go I was almost out and I yeah just was I was done and the thought kind of got implanted that I should do something else and I love traveling and stuff I have my dogs can't leave them so
0: Yeah. So when did that kind of maybe more vague question of, I think I'm ready to do something else or, you know, what might something else look like? When did that come together to be, I am going to buy and renovate and move into a vintage RV?
1: (laughs) So I, after that, it would move pretty quick. Cause like I said, I had a couple months out of my lease and I had spent some time looking at moving to Austin. Um, It's ironic that I kind of ended up based out of Austin anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but I was looking at it, getting an apartment in Austin and getting a job in Austin and most apartments you have to have like, I guess proof of income or something, but they want it for the past you know, few months. And if you're moving to a new city, unless you have worked in that city for three months, like it's really hard to do that. They wouldn't accept my income from Houston. Um I was trying to like transfer and shuffle things around and, it was a mess. And it just, all of it felt like too much to do for a life that I wasn't really interested. That I already knew a lifestyle. I already knew I wasn't interested in living. And so I think I was on YouTube. and I had always, like, wanted to do tiny houses. Um, me and my friend, I had a friend in college that we would talk about, like, running, running away from civilization and living in tiny houses with our dogs (laughs) in the mountains (laughs) and uh so i knew tiny houses were a thing i looked at them they were stupid expensive and i knew that that was not in my price range and then i went to schoolies as one does (laughs) and from there i saw vans and then my mom made a joke uh, that i should just get an rv because i had an uncle who used to live in an rv in our backyard long story anyway (laughs) um She mentioned it and I was like, ha ha ha, yeah, that's funny. Types in Craigslist vintage RVs for sale. And then, yeah, I think after about two, three weeks of looking at RVs, I saw so many RVs, so many different kinds too. I looked at pull behinds, I looked at fifth wheels, I looked at class A's, I looked at other class C's. And I found Hottie in this little town tucked off outside of Houston. Hmm.
0: Okay. So take me to the day that you actually buy this RV. What are you feeling? What are you excited about? What are you nervous about?
1: Oh my gosh, everything. I was so concerned. The day that I bought it, um, I actually paid it over the course of a couple of weeks. I I went to see it and the dude that owned it wasn't there. So it was kind of weird. I just went, I went, I had to deal with these people at this RV park and get the keys and they checked it out with me and watched me. And it was just a very strange situation altogether. Um, But then, yeah, I decided that I wanted it. He was like asking $3,000. He was asking $3,000 for it. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, Hadi definitely had some issues. She had some water damage. She needed like our whole roof needed to be redone. There were just like things that it was. It was ridiculous. I'm getting. I'm getting to be real. He was asking too much money, and I think he knew that, so he took down to two thousand. And I was so excited because I felt like I had just been this master negotiator. <laughs> and yeah, I then moaned him, and then a couple of weeks later, I met him in person and gave him. A little ven- another Venmo and he signed over the title and yeah he gave me a tour, an official tour took me all of her quirks and I was just so excited I don't think I was really listening to him I recorded it all on my phone so I have this library of videos of him walking me through hottie stuff and I reference them sometimes and I'm like, damn! He said something. <laughs> what <laughs> was it? That man said something about this. What is it? I'll, I'll go through the camera roll and go to that album. But yeah, I, I was so excited to have just purchased a home, and I called my mom afterwards, and I told her I was a homeowner, and I, yeah, I was stoked. Mm.
0: So I've heard you say elsewhere um, that part of your desire to to do this, to quit corporate America, go this other path, was to redefine the American dream for yourself. And I would love for you to share some specifics about what that new dream that you felt like you were building. Like what was that dream?
1: Um I think you say was that implies a past tense. What are you trying to say, Nicole? Yeah.
0: What is that? <laughs> well, no, okay. That's fair. That's what fair. What are you trying to say? I, that's shady. I no, what I meant, no, no. you're that's fair. What I meant was I think that dreams are ever evolving things. And yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to put it at the point of like, you have bought this RV. What is the dream? And then follow-up question is, has that changed?
1: No. Okay. Okay. I got you. Um. So at the time I just remember I was and am very interested in politics, international politics, American politics, whatever. I love it. Uh, and I also have you know, opinions and thoughts and things because that's what my degree is in. Like, I have a degree in political science, and so it just tracks that that would be something I'm interested in, I guess. And so I felt like I couldn't talk or write, really, um, about those things for fear that they would kind of, if I said the wrong thing, that didn't reflect in the way that the company maybe felt, you know, it's very easy for people to get docs on the internet these days. And so at the time, that was one of the biggest things that I was looking forward to. I thought that I was, you know, it felt like I was buying and I I was, and I still would say that I did and I am um, buying. I just paid for, you know, my ticket to being able to do that and live on my own terms. I wouldn't need to worry about a light bill because I would have solar power. And I do, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about rent because I always have a roof over my head. Um, as long as I find land to park it on, I'm okay. Um, and even then prices, I had already priced out RV parks and stuff. And I was aware that it was, it was much cheaper than paying rent. I was paying almost $1,700 in rent in Houston and, you know, spots at RV parks are, I think $500 a month max down here. It's not, it's a very big difference. And, and then I get to have my dogs and my dogs get to live their lives and just all these benefits, and I was excited about it felt like I was buying myself the time, really too to do the things that I wanted to do take my dogs to the beach, go to the beach myself, I visit my friends this was pre pandemic obviously I wanted to visit my friends that had moved and spread out after college and and stuff like that that those things that you know as people. Participating, or you know, being forced to participate in those systems, you really just find don't take priority as much as they as much as maybe you'd like them to. Does that make sense?
0: It makes complete sense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting to hear you talk about um, sort of two sides of the same coin like on one side it's the really practical stuff of not paying rent or at the very least like paying a much lower amount for RV parking not having to pay the utilities because you have solar right there's those like really tangible easy to see in your bank account on day one things and then there's some of the deeper more emotional but probably equally if not more important stuff of hey you can write and talk about the things that you want without being afraid that your employer's going to fire you for it or exactly. you know that it it opens up more freedom of ideas and then also freedom of time. Like Your time becomes yours again because you're not just trading hours
1: for dollars constantly. Exactly. It felt like I spent $2,000 to buy my time back. And I was so liberated in that moment. And I, when I say the new American dream, I feel like, I don't know if it's the new American dream for everybody, but I know that that's the dream I want. I don't want to answer to somebody. I don't want to have to worry that you know, my job or my, my safety net is going to be yanked from under my feet. I don't want to feel like, and I know that sounds ironic in this position that I'm in right now <laughs> with my vehicle across the country with no functioning engine and no clear cut path to getting it back um, in sight. But I really believe that it's going to work out. And I think that I'll be able to figure something out because I have this time. I think if I was working my job and my car broke down or something, and I had extensive repairs, I would just have to figure it out with the money that I was given from my job because I don't have time to try anything else. I don't have time to explore any other options. 40 hours of my week are still being taken up by this thing. Now I just have the problem of figuring out how to get there, which means that I'm actually probably spending more than 40 hours. My commute just got longer. I don't have a guaranteed ride now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's like when are you supposed to figure out like all the life admin stuff, right? Yeah.
1: And how and how do you do the rest of that? How? Yeah. I mean, you do, we
0: don't we don't. like where's the 1950s housewife that does it all? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. The 40-hour work week was never de- was never designed for single people. Right. That's meant right. you you're supposed to have a wife at home to take care of that shit. But who ha- no. Yeah. No. 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 Burn it all down. Yeah. Burn it down. Set fire to it. Hand me the matches. I'm done.
0: Okay, M- uh, money related question. If you yeah. are down to talk about money, uh, yes, yes to the arson. Sure, no, like I burn going all down. Any, um, but <laughs> <I think. laughs> no. my well, my question was: so, in making this decision, right? You buy this RV. Did you have? Because I, I don't know a lot about your work history other than you know what you've shared about having worked a corporate job. Um, did you have a plan in place of okay, I'm going to do this, and this is how I'm going to bring in new money, or was this a I'm going to figure it out as I go? Um, it was a mixture.
1: I knew that freelancing was a thing. I knew that writing was one of my stronger suits. Um, Yeah. I knew that that was a thing I could do and a thing that I liked doing. Uh, I knew that I had skills that I could leverage. And I figured, again, pre-pandemic, right? I figured worst case scenario, I... And it actually wasn't even a worst-case scenario. I lied. Scratch that. It wasn't a worst-case scenario. It was something I was super excited about. I wanted to go stay and do, like, camp hosting stuff or be servers, like, be a server at those restaurants they have um, at national parks and shit, like, in little outdoorsy mountain towns where, there's like, tourist season gets popping and those restaurants need help. I was just going to go do that because I was a bartender and a server and stuff before anything professional launched off. (laughs) And so I just I figured that it would be a mix of, you know, I can do these things to sustain the the baseline and then hit these things up when I need to do other things. Getting broken down in a town isn't so bad in a world where you can just like figure it out. You know, you just walk into a restaurant and get a job, I guess. Not that it's that easy, but you you know what I'm saying? When there are options. COVID limited a lot for a lot of people. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Understatement. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Understatement
1: of the century. COVID Uh, really changed the game. It sounds like a a bizarre thing to say that that like even was a world that I thought that was possible where there were ads, you know, open ads on the internet and on cool jobs and all these other websites that do outdoorsy jobs. It would just be like open ads for seasonal servers, bartenders at these lodge restaurants and stuff. And It's totally viable. It was a totally – it was not as astronomical a plan as it sounds now. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And, I mean, probably six to 12 months from now, it will not sound that way again, right? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. um, Who knows? Tell me the story behind the name Hottie for the RV.
1: Oh. (laughs) Yeah, Hottie. Um, I like Steven Universe kind of a lot. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you? Mm -mm, No. Okay. Steven Universe is this cartoon – on Cartoon Network, and there's Steven and his dad, Greg Universe. Greg Universe lives in a van, and there's the Crystal Gems, and they are, they're amazing. Anyway, so yeah, there's this phrase in it. Uh, Steven's dad tells him, you know, if every hot dog, if every pork chop were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. And Gilly, my partner uh, at the time of building my home, was letting me know that I I was so stressed about the build. I was so stressed about everything in here. And I was so stressed that it felt like nothing was right or that every time I peeled back a wall, I found six more problems than I expected. And he was just, he would always (laughs) say, he kept saying it. He would be like, if every porch shop were perfect, we would have hot dogs. And then, you know, we have the dogs. So hot dog and hottie for short.
0: That's a delightful story. Yeah. I like that very much. It's I,
1: wonderful. If she were perfect, she wouldn't be her.
0: Oh, and she's just as good. I feel like that's, I mean, not that it needs to be better. Where's like that's better yeah. than, than my story. My van's name is Trixie. Trixie. Um, that's so cute. Our, thank you. Like um, it. are you a Harry Potter person or were you yeah, ever yeah, a Harry yeah, Potter yeah, person? I was. Um, so I'm in Slytherin, like very Slytherin. Okay. And, um, that I'm was my, uh, oh, all right. There you go. Um, that was my Trixie was my shortened like
1: Bellatrix. Oh my main. god! So that's where that. that came from. That is cute. <laughs> so, so Bellatrix gar. and
0: Hottie, I it's, see. I would like to see them parked next to each other. Like oh I gosh. feel like my van could fit inside Hottie.
1: <laughs> Probably a lot <laughs> oh of people's vans could. It's, it's wild. absurd. Um
0: I'm interested in what, if any, building experience you had prior to this. I had never used Power Tools or anything even remotely like that before this project, and luckily I had an enormous amount of help from other people. But what was your experience? Because the before and after photos that I have seen are wild.
1: Oh, uh none whatsoever. <laughs> you did a fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. It's a miracle to me to this day that my ceiling hasn't collapsed. Not that, I think it's, <laughs> not that I think it's structurally unsound. It's just amazing that I put that together and it's still there. You know, I, I built Ikea furniture for a couple girls I dated and myself, I guess. And that, so
0: that was the Ikea yeah, furniture. So, I mean, yeah, Ikea I
1: furniture I as like build... the paid the price of dating is your yeah, building experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can build an Ikea bed frame, you could totally build a house okay okay it's it's basically the same shit
0: I basically I hear the words that you're saying I may (laughs) I find all of this still like my partner now um these are like all his skill sets like what he's like just finished building out um his second he like built out a van last year lived in it for a couple months sold it and is kind of getting into the like Van flipping, like live in it and then sell it. Okay? That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Which is awesome. And like watching him do stuff, I'm like, my favorite question, as you know, but how though? Like, how, especially, how, though? so if you're saying you didn't really have building experience, like looking at the before and after pictures, my question for you, Jupiter, is but how though? Like, how?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah. The, I, so I don't know. I just, it felt kind of intuitive and a lot of it was just figuring it out as I went. And I will not even lie to you and say that every idea I've had worked out perfectly. Uh, The table, for example, is gone. It's been replaced with a couch. Now I am so excited to put out a new tour. I have to fix, like I have to paint it because it just got built and I did had minimal hand in building that I will say, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, the, the table did not work out. I tried to make it work and it didn't, it kept falling out of the wall it was not sturdy. It was not good. So I took it out. The loft rebuild is my pride and joy next to the bed. But the bed I don't take as much credit for because my grandpa really came in clutch with the planning aspect of it. I had ideas and contributions as far as the thing that I wanted, because I don't think he could visualize it fully, but for the structural integrity, that was almost all my grandpa. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. So you did have help, which is yeah, 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 Yeah. I
1: did. I did. more direction i would say but yeah no he he came out and screwed some things for me it was really sweet he came out so he was so concerned about me and that bed he was <laughs> he would look at me and be uh just so concerned his eyes you could tell that he was thinking this child was gonna die oh, <laughs> if i let them build that bed I'm not going to have a, brand, a grandbaby no more. And I was like, Grandpa's good,
0: man. That was one of the questions that I was going to ask you is, was there a particular day or part of the, the build project that really stands out to you as like, fuck yeah, I did that?
1: Yeah. Um, ironically, not the bed. It's the loft. It's definitely the loft because the loft, the second time I did it, the first time, well, both times, I did it by myself. But the first time, I didn't really know what I was doing. And the second time, I kind of knew what I was doing because I had already – done the bed I'd already hung the ceiling I'd already reframed walls I'd already reinstalled walls I'd already sealed and done all these things wired you know I had kind of just figured it out it was the first thing when I bought Hottie that I broke into and it was the very last thing that I got into before I shipped her off to go start messing on the mechanical part Mm -hmm. And so it it felt like it really just came full circle in that loft and being able to make it what it is now was so satisfying.
0: I'm interested. I mean, so what you said about, um, you know, it was your mom who typed into Craigslist, right? Like the vintage RV or like suggested the RVs? Oh, okay I
1: Okay. I did the typing. I will say my mom was completely joking. And when I bought an RV, she was supportive but i think she was confused she was just anyway go on
0: no i was gonna say that one of my questions anytime i'm talking to someone who had kind of a fork in the road moment and maybe took the less less known or less traditional or less conventionally stable path is what did your closest people think like what were those conversations like
1: oh okay um Yeah, my mom is an interesting, interesting person. She generally does not question much that I do. (laughs) She has this unwavering belief that I could do probably anything in this world. And I love that for her. I love it. I wish I had a shred of that confidence in myself, right? Like, don't we all wish we could just believe in ourselves as much as our moms do? Oh, yeah. Because just like even like a crumb of it would be so good. But no, she was confused. Uh, But she thought that Hottie was super cute and she was so excited for me when I called her and I was like, I'm a homeowner. She said, you're a mobile homeowner. And I said, okay, (laughs) thank you for that correction, mom. And then I called her when I was moving it uh, to Texas and, you know, Hottie had some mechanical issue. What we now know was a carburetor issue. Uh, and so she would stall out and I called her from the side of the road once. And I was like, mom, my house broke down. Oh. And she goes, she goes, okay, well now you're a homeowner. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, it's not mobile anymore. And I was like, Jackie, <laughs> savage, bro. You can't just say that shit. But she totally did. So no, she's had like a good sense of humor about it. And I just met my grandparents through the build. Um, and they've been incredibly supportive. My grandpa was one of the, few people to offer to help me. And he was really the only one that actually followed through. Um, and so I got to meet him and get to know him and connect with him through building this RV. And he now is so proud and so excited. He, I call him all the time from the road and I give him updates and he will tell me sometimes that, you know, he didn't think that I was going to get this far. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know. I didn't, I thought that you would finish it, but I didn't think that you were actually going to like take it out. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, grandpa, what else was I going to do?
0: That's such a unique thing to have bonded over and like built a relationship over. Like you'll yeah. always
1: have that you did that together. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super rad.
0: Yeah. I my I would say my mom, my I mean, my parents in general, but my mom is very supportive of anything that I choose to do and understands none of it or why I would ever want any of these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie's
1: like, I don't get it, but. I love that for you.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember when I first got into long-distance hiking, like, I was an indoor kid. I was not someone who grew up in the outdoors at all. Like, I was raised basically, like, in really big cities. I -hmm. lived on the 26th story of a 35-story building in lower Manhattan with my parents. Like, we did not do outdoorsing. And when I first started getting into this, as, like, in my 30s, getting into this and trying to describe to my mom, like, oh, well, you know, you, like, dig this six- to eight-inch cat hole and you poop in it and you pack out the toilet paper, and she's just, like, why? Like, who did I raise? What happened to you? Like, and then where moving did I go wrong as a parent? Right. right. And, and I don't even know if she's feeling that, but she's just feeling yeah. like, what, like, where did you, where did my child go? <laughs> <laughs> so it is always funny when we make a choice that's maybe different from the choices that our parents made in a fundamental way or, you know, whoever our caregivers or family are,
1: yeah. um, uh,
0: just what those reactions are.
1: No, yeah it really is it cracks me up and then my grandpa doesn't understand Instagram either <laughs> so explaining that you know there's a lot of people who now follow the Does This kind of Van Life account and stuff and what that means and how that translates to these different things that I get to do be it magazine you know apartment therapy right Whether it be it like apartment therapy things or anything he's just he's he's like so all of this because you live in an RV huh right <laughs> I'm like well damn grandpa keep me humble hell yeah yeah it is oh my just, gosh i the i guess he's like you know you could get an apartment right and i'm like yeah grandpa you're like you.
0: yeah but is instagram gonna be interested in that not that that's no, the reason to do something nope. necessarily no, right, exactly i
1: do it for the gram grandpa right. i don't of course I don't do it for the crib no <laughs> no, um, the gram is not enough to keep me in this life i would. Right.
0: Is not enough to keep you with your house broke down on the side of the road. No. no, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um actually that's something that I hadn't even really thought about talking to you about, but I am interested in how do I even, I like, I'm trying to understand what my question is, the role of Instagram in these choices for you. Cause obviously you just said like, you're not doing this for Instagram and yet like chronicling it on it and having support on it and being able to meet other people who are making similar choices. Like what has, what role has Instagram played in this transition to mobile living for you?
1: Yeah. It's been super a mixed bag. I will say, cause I never really intended to do anything with Instagram for this I was originally posting about it on my main page and I had a friend tell me that I should start an Instagram for it and I kind of took it as they were tired of seeing that shit on my page so, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like all right fine fine I'll, I'll make it it's on Instagram and then I did and I just started documenting the build and um, I got to meet other people and get to like connect with other people who were doing the same thing or who had done it before and I mean from the beginning it was kind of really awesome. This community of people kind of just showed up that were invested in the journey. If not, you know, on the same one or similar one, they're just all, I don't know. I just feel like everyone, people came and it was nice. (laughs) Words are hard. And then, you know, promptly after building it, I started, well, I really started it in the, in the pandemic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I really just dove into full-time building and then the pandemic hit a couple months later. And so, that's when it really became super clutch that I had Instagram. And yeah, even before, you know, it took off weirdly, um, you know, just being able to connect with people who were doing the same thing or who had advice to give or questions, advice they needed, um, you know, other people who were queer or black or Hispanic or whatever, who wanted to get into this life and were tired of seeing only white people doing it. Um, it was just really nice to be able to connect with them and to form that community. And it's been so great for it to grow. And I'm so excited about it growing. I know, I know I sound like, kind of like, Oh, it it took off, but like, yeah, it's been amazing. And it's still kind of like wild to me. It weirds me out that so many people are so, you know, find something there that they can connect with and that they can share with each other and with me. And I love it. It's been nice.
0: I mean, you mentioned earlier in the conversation, particularly around, um, you know, like the RV breaking down and feeling like, wow, I'm out here all alone. I don't have anyone to kind of (laughs) like talk this through with in the same way that if you were doing it with someone else and that that can feel isolating. I find that for as much as there's definitely, you know, pros and serious cons to Instagram, at least like I have found, it is really awesome to feel like there's a bunch of people from all over who are
1: rooting for you. No, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, I will say this, that's taken a very real, real manifestation for me this week with this situation. Exactly. I had, uh, I met the person who did Hottie's Electrical on Instagram. uh, Five cars and a bus, Megan Carr. She's delightful. I love her so much. Her and her family are the most wonderful human beings. She didn't know me at all, just kind of saw that I needed help and messaged me and was like, hey, I mean... I'm not a professional or anything, but I can help you out. If you come to my land, you can like, you know, have your, your house here. Nobody will bother you. It's fine. And we'll work the system out. We'll figure it out. Um, And so she helped me install my go power solar, which was delightful. And then fast forward to now, right. I took off left her land in February, I'm out on the road doing my thing. I'm broken down outside of San Diego. And Megan's like, oh, hey, I'm on my way to San Diego. Are you still in California? And I'm like, yeah, actually my house broke. And so she's like, oh, I'll come see you and just, you know, hang out, see what I can do. I've been, you know, driving animals. She doesn't really interact with anyone on a job. It's just her shuttling animals. She's an animal transport carrier. And so that's super cool. Right. And she just shows up and she's like, Okay, well, you and the you and the hot dogs want to go home, and I'm like, what? Me? Yes, we do. And so she all from Instagram,
0: yeah. And that's so it's, wild. It's incredible. The same thing, less so with the van for me because I haven't really done traveling like van living. Yeah. It's mostly been in Bend, Oregon, which is where I had a Bend house is before.
1: Still delightful though.
0: Um. Yeah, I just meant that like I haven't had – like I have a, a like network of people there already, but where like my point of relation and resonance with what you're saying has absolutely been with long-distance hiking. Like staying with people or getting rides from people like uh, through th- – th- like the kindness that I have received through Instagram like from strangers has yeah. – It like really th- – I know this sounds like kind of cheesy, but it like expands my heart. It makes me feel like very uplifted.
1: Yeah, same. No, I'm it, – like it touches I, – I just feel so – much gratitude for knowing people who love that way. And it inspires me to just love people more and be more like that the way that I move. And I, I think it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of and to be given from any community, you know, and I, I want everybody to find that somewhere, if not everywhere in their lives. I, maybe I'm being greedy with wanting not everywhere in life, but I think everyone should just have super, super tight knit communities because it's mm-hmm. awesome. And everybody mm-hmm. wins. I think.
0: Once I hand you the matches and you burn down all the existing things, this is what's in its place. This is what we build in its place. We're just loving
1: each other. That's all we're doing. And we're caring for each other. Um, When it comes
0: to mobile living, now that you have experienced that for a while, what are some things that you wish people were more open and honest about? Or, you know, like in sort of the hashtag van life, like what are some things that you're like, man, I wish people were talking about X? Mm.
1: I mean, right now, I think, and it's something that I really am inspired to try to figure out a solution for, if not like a temporary solution. I don't know. I don't know that you can solve big things like that in one go, or if any one person can, right? They always feel like they're communal efforts. But I, the one of them is that how hard it is for people who don't necessarily have or maybe don't have access to support Mm -hmm. systems when things go wrong. And I think that that's important because as this pandemic continues to absolutely wreck the way, you know, people's housing situations and people's financial situations, I think we're going to see a lot more people moving. We already are seeing a lot more people look at this lifestyle as a viable option because cutting out two to three bills is a game changer Um, but I think that we need to be able to talk about, we need to be more open about the ways that things happen and big things happen. And sometimes those big things are bigger than people's, you know, reach, you know, some people just can't, it's, it's hard. Like if I didn't have the community I have, if I didn't like, not even like Instagram or anything, just like the people around me. Like if I didn't have my circle and my support system that I, it's still new. It still feels so new um, that I, I would be in a very different, I would be in a much different headspace, first of all. But I would also still literally be on the side of the road in California in this house that doesn't work anymore. And that's not a place to try to figure out the next steps. But I think other people definitely can find that. It's very easy to find oneself there. And I, I really want to see if there's a way that we can make it more accessible. Like, you know, mechanics are expensive and things like that are expensive, but I don't think that that should be a reason that people aren't on the on the road, you know, if they want to be, if they want to be living that life, if they want to do anything that they want to do. I can't obviously solve all, all the ills of the world, right? But I think at least in the van life sphere, I think that that's something that we need to talk about more and about making that's a way that we can make it more inclusive because i think it's ridiculous that we have you know certain van lifers who are out here rigging in thousands on instagram on youtube and instagram and shit and there's others who just like are trying to make it just trying to fucking get by and why why are we bringing it feels like we're bringing the wealth gaps that we see in you know sticks and bricks housing right into vans and then what why why are we doing that for what
0: And, I mean, people have been living living in vehicles since well before YouTube was a thing.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so for these people to capitalize on it or, like, even – I mean, I don't really make much money off of these things. But if, if I ever were to, it just would feel weird to do that knowing that some people are just – you know, some people are stuck on the side of the road trying to get their, their shit met, their needs met, their most basic needs met in that moment. And nobody – Maybe nobody's helping them, especially like I think about black queer people or like queer people in general. A lot of our homeless population is LGBT teens. And like, I think that with van life becoming more of a trend, I don't know that it'll be, I mean, obviously not sprinter van life, (laughs) but I mean, living in vehicles and vehicle dwelling is going to be a more common thing. And if we can help make sure that these kids are safe while they're doing it or that like everybody is safe while they're doing it, why wouldn't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as you were talking, it's like, I'm thinking more of like a share or, I mean, I know you and I were kind of joking back and forth about not having had any building skills before this. Yeah. And like I still don't have any mechanic skills and whatever building skills I have are still like very rudimentary. And it would make me feel a lot more confident if that was a thing that I knew more yeah. about. And I'm certainly not, I'm not the only one. I think something that doesn't get talked about, you know, it, with this lifestyle, there's a lot of talk about freedom, which obviously, like you mentioned, I mentioned, I think that if you're not interested in that, you're probably not drawn to this. But the other side of that is that there's a lot of vulnerability when your house and your like mode of transportation are the same thing. Like If something goes wrong, you have no transportation and you have no house. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And
0: it's like all of a sudden what made it feel, like, sexy and free, <laughs> you know? It's the All, very you're same like, thing oh, that cool. you feel trapped in now. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, that was part of the... Part of my decision to like the van that I bought, I mean, we're always making sacrifices, right? Like depending upon what you pay, what size you get, was getting something newer and sacrifice. Like I can't sit up in bed. Like it's basically a tiny sleeping in storage pod because I was like, I, if this breaks down, and of course it still could, but I'm like, I can't fix that. Like that was, they yeah. say like spend money on your fears, right? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like can I afford to pay a little bit more and sacrifice the space? And that was like an interesting thing for me to have to sit with Of Like, am I willing to be physically more uncomfortable to feel mentally more at ease? And yeah,
1: yeah, no, I get that. And I definitely, I honestly going on that exact thought I had that, that thought when I was in Hottie on the side of the road a few times, I was like, you know, maybe I should have just saved up longer and bought something newer. But at the time you know, it wasn't an option. And so I was hard to not kick myself for that. But I also I thought about it. And I was like, Okay, so what would I What can I take from this? That's not me beating myself up. And Mm -hmm. I just came to, you know, like, in the in the future, the best that you can do is if you can do that, do that. And I think that now that's where I'm at. And I'm looking at it. So like, what can I do now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be better. It's so funny if we are people, which I think a lot of people are, who are prone to beating yourselves up over things. It's like it almost yeah. doesn't matter what the circumstances are; like you will find a way to beat yourself always, up over it because find a reason. For me during COVID, where I'm like, cool, I'm t- like basically trapped full time in this like thing where I can't even sit up in bed. Like I should have worried less about the mechanics. Like there's, there's always something. <laughs> i right? had
1: an RV. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um. So my one of my last questions for you: Do you have any? advice for first-timers or people who are interested in potentially getting into this life?
1: Um,
0: Or anything you wish that you would have known?
1: Anything I wish that I would have known. Maybe I would have, the only thing that I would have done differently, and I don't even know that I would have done it differently, it's just experience that I have now, is that I might have tried out different vehicles first before I committed to one I might have rented an RV and tried to rent out a van I rented a schoolie to see what I really could do with my dogs because I love love hottie but sometimes (laughs) not to sound wild but sometimes it just feels like too much space for us I mean the dogs are they have the room under the bed they one of them Apollo is always in my bed and if he's not, he's on the couch. Like, it was just like, we're really lounging in there. And we're outside so often that it's funny that you know, we drive this giant thing and we get so limited in the places that we can go. I think I found that, you know, maybe accessibility getting, if the, or not really accessibility, is not the right word, um, ability to get to more... Uh, adventurous i guess mm-hmm. places um hottie hottie is not you know crawling up any dunes or any mountain roads anytime soon you feel me yeah uh, <laughs> like yeah that but you're like limited thing.
0: by the places that it can go yeah sort of. i'm limited yeah.
1: by hottie's capabilities and that would have been something that i would have considered more and so that that's definitely one but otherwise i this is the only advice i ever have for anyone it's like just do it you know just do the thing It's if it scares you in a good way and you're excited about it and it's something I think that, you know, people, especially with something like van life or really any big break from traditional norms, I think that when people go to the, to do those things, when they consider those thoughts, I think it's very quick. You very quickly either turn like on it, you're you're either into it or you're not. And I I, I don't think that's a debate that lasts long in one's mind. And so I think that if you've held on to it and you want to do it, just do it. It seems terrifying. But what's that phrase? You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like, just eat the elephant. Just do it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, something for me when folks have asked me either for advice or things, it's, like, there's no way to prepare or know everything in advance. Like, sure, you can research. Sure, you can learn new skills. But, like, there's just so much stuff that I know now through the experience of doing it that – you just kind of adjust as you go, you know?
1: Exactly. That's something yeah. that's hitting super for me right now because it's like, you know, I did consider this. I had a savings account for hotties breakdowns and all of these things, but I could not have anticipated this rod being thrown. So, like, no matter what you do – and then I talk to people who have newer rigs and that's happened to them too. And so it's just like you can never know. Just like whatever path you choose, you might be unhappy in some way or another. Like whatever you do, some things might come up, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting when you said before about wanting to have like a crumb of the belief in you that like your parent has, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I tend to take notes like during podcast episodes, like one of the things I wrote down before that was self-trust. And I circled it a couple of times that you seem to be someone who does trust yourself or at least like trusts to the point of I'll figure it out. And there's yeah. something really beautiful in that as like a life operating principle, I think.
1: I think, yeah, I just Yeah, I mean, my mom, like I said, only child, super independent. You kind of have to. My mom trusted me enough that I wouldn't die and I haven't died yet. So, I mean. So, you're killing it. You're doing great. Yeah, Yeah. obviously killing the game. Totally Mm -hmm. got this. Mm -hmm. Anything that the universe can throw at me, I may take some time to figure it out, but I'll probably figure it out. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. And if it's not, it will be. Yeah,
0: and if right, if it's not, it will be. i love that. If mm-hmm. you could leave folks with one call to action based on this conversation, what would it be? Maybe a question to ask themselves or a tiny action to
1: take? Well, first, if I drop hottie merch to save hottie, buy that, please. <laughs> Cause that's the best that we could do. But yep. also, um I think just being kinder to yourself. Like just try to be kind to yourself because even when things are going wrong you're probably still doing your best and i that's something that i'm trying to remind myself of right now that's my current call to action it's like just take it easy on yourself dude you're not you're not a terrible person because bad things happen bad things sometimes just happen yeah and that's and it's not your karma it's not like a lesson i had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day it's not not your karma not everything is a debt that the universe is repaying to you sometimes shit just goes wrong sometimes shit just doesn't go right and that's what keeps us human that's what keeps us uh the shit balanced i guess
0: There's a lot of freedom in not trying to, like, make everything mean something. Like, sometimes shit just happens. Oftentimes shit just just happens.
1: happens. Like Yeah, like, there's not, like, some profound thing in everything. It just – sometimes shit just is. And it's – when you accept that, when you accept that things aren't, like, a reflection of you or your worth, oh, my gosh, the liberation. Um, Great. I'm going to
0: play those last couple minutes back to myself over and over again. Thank you very much for
1: that. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: What is the best place for people to find you and say hi? Do you have a favorite way to connect with new folks?
1: Uh, I do. So I have Instagram, my website is currently under construction, um, but it will be relaunched at does this kind of um, I have Instagram at does this kind of van life. I have a YouTube channel, which is this is not van life. And after about a month on the road, I have a lot of stuff that is ready to get batched out and edited and slid up on the on the tubes. I'm not good at editing. So that's been my hold up all the time. So Yeah, that YouTube is good too, but Instagram is probably the best and easiest.
0: Awesome. I will put links to those things in the show notes. Jupiter, thank you so much. Thank you,
1: Nicole. I'm so glad to have done this with you.
0: And that's our show for today. Our music is by Adam Day, who also handles our sound editing. Thanks, Adam. You're the best. And huge thanks again, I can't say this enough, to our Patreon community for making this honest conversation, this whole entire podcast, and so much of my other work possible. Like my weekly personal essay and discussion thread series on Substack, which is called Good Question. Yep, that is funded by the Patreon community as well. Your monthly funding allows me to keep creating resources and gatherings for folks who crave honest conversations, both with themselves and others, and I fully believe that these conversations can change our lives, our relationships, and our world. Maybe that sounds like a lofty goal, but it is one that I believe in with my whole heart. To join us, just come on over to patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette. Our community operates on a shame-free sliding scale, so you can feel good about supporting this work from within your own means. So I'll see you over in the Patreon community. Yes, hopefully. And until next time, know that you are doing great. You are exactly enough. You are not alone. And I am totally rooting for you.